Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast, only on southcoast.fm. You can subscribe to the podcast at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Today's guest is Justine Crowley. It's a great conversation from somebody who's building a tea company, uh, direct-to-consumer, direct-to-business, talking about how that whole endeavor is unfolding here on the South Coast. It's a great conversation. Hope you really enjoy it. Let's dive right in to today's episode. My name is Justine Crowley, and I started out as a yoga instructor. That's how this all fell into place, and that's how the journey started. I also, from yoga, I found different avenues of staying healthy, whether that was physical, mental, as in meditation and things. And then, of course, with that comes what you put into your body. And I guess to keep things short, I am, I like to call myself a nutrition enthusiast. So I don't, I didn't go to school to be a dietitian. I really respect those who do. And I follow a lot of their information. And, and instead for myself, I'm currently studying herbology or herbalism. And it's been quite a different perspective to realize that a cup of tea can bring you so many nutrients that you don't get in a typical healthy diet. So from exploring the different avenues that herbalism brings and the health and wellness that you can get through ingesting teas, that's how Herbal Athlete was built. And the niche that I found myself in was with those who are yogis or athletes and anyone from an active mother who's running around with their children to an active father who's running around with their children to keep everyone included, of course, it's both parents. And realizing that niche is where I already was in the yoga studios, um, in hit classes, and everyone that I was around really helped bring all of this together to form what now is called Herbal Athlete. And we cater to those of an active lifestyle, whether you are an up and coming pro athlete, where it has to be really strict what kind of supplements you put in your body. It's really important to know what gray area those different products that you get off the shelf that are powdered might have. So we kind of bring it back to nature and we have it in the actual herb form. So instead of buying a product that has been processed and gives you all different kind of expecting results. Instead, we just take it back to basics and we've designed products like those, but in a tea form. So it's called sports nutrition tea. Does that take you back to your e-for-all days of pitching your business every time you stand up in class? (laughs) Yes. And what's funny is it would have been way shorter because I would have already been cut off. So (laughs) Donna or or Samir would have been yelling at you, throwing something at you. Yeah. Um, I I always say that if there's one sponsor of the show, it should be e-for-all because uh, I have a lot of veteran uh, e-for-allers on the podcast. How did that change your expectation or did you create this product because of that experience at E4All? Such a great question. Originally, I was going in as a tea company, just an organic tea company. And every single class, you're saying your pitch in front of your peers, as well as the new guest who comes in every every class. And at first I was pitching it as a regular organic tea company with a full spectrum of different teas, anything from digestion to, you know, mental fatigue and clarity. And 
as I went through the first three weeks you do knowing your customer, I'm not sure if it was still the same, but so that's what it is now. And, and just in within like the first week and a half, I was like, oh no, this market is saturated. I will get lost. I don't know. How am I going to differentiate myself? And through just asking that question and kind of having your cohort there for when you ask those questions to kind of give you different ideas and, and, oh man, that is, that was the best part of e for all was mm. just everyone's different perspectives and the way that it was such a family setting. Like everyone has totally different businesses yet. You yeah. can all still collaborate and everyone wants you to win. Everyone wants everyone. Like I had so many amazing people in my cohort with the most, unique and needed for the community style businesses. And all I wanted for them was like, oh, you can get there. You can succeed. You can make this into what you want it to be because I see it too. So I originally was very broad with my market and it got to the point where I needed to narrow. And it just hit me one day. Originally, I had started making an herbal collagen And this was for the broad tea company. And it was an herbal collagen for vegans who aren't able to take in meat product where you normally would see that on the shelf being marine collagen is a newer one, but it's usually beef. And both of those are things that vegetarians and vegans don't take into their diet. So I, instead of calling it just herbal collagen, I kind of looked back at who I was selling it to and I turned it into a post-workout tea because that's when you would want to refuel your body and assist your body in muscle recovery. And it kind of just fell into the niche market of sports nutrition. Mm. And from there, I got feedback back from the cohort. And with them, I made that decision to make a narrower approach. Do you remember the moment uh, when you made the decision that your original idea in competing in that market was was going to be oversaturated. And I oftentimes find that, myself included, that one of the hardest things to, to, to wrestle with as, as a business builder is letting go of your original idea mm. or you know not wanting to, this is great. I, I know there's competition out there, but I have the best yes. tea. Certainly people <laughs> will buy it from me. Do you remember the moment when you hit that moment and said, you know what, this is not what I'm gonna pursue? Yes, and I remember being quite bummed about it because I had already drawn up my logo. I'd already bought the domain. I already had the email and it was an acronym. So my original tea name, tea company name was Rua Teas, R-U-A-A. And it stood for rise up, arrive and awaken. And I just loved like the feeling it gave me. So I was so attached to that. But what kind of pushed me over the edge was someone said, oh, that sounds a lot like Runa Teas. And I was like, oh my gosh, is that a tea company? This is why you got to do your research before you <laughs> right. get your heart set on a name. And so then I look it up and and they were only bottled. They don't even sell, I don't believe anyway. At the time, they didn't sell like tea bags. It was just a bottled tea that you would purchase at a you know convenience store, or grocery store, already prepared. But then that's when I was like, oh, even if I were to stick with a regular tea company that's not niche market, I can't keep the name. It's too similar. So it it just kind of put me over the edge. And I was like, all right, okay, I surrender. I can't move forward with this. So it was kind of like a defeated, but then I I only felt that way because I didn't have the next name to jump to. So I felt like I was in limbo for, for probably a good week and a half. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which felt like a long time at, the, at that time. Yeah. I'm on HerbalAthleteUSA.com right now. It is a great designed website. It takes a lot of people, it takes a lot of entrepreneurs uh, some time and bumps and bruises to get to a point where their their website feels refined, that they have a product online, collecting email addresses, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Was this your first rodeo in product sales and, and building a business or have you had experience in the past putting this kind of thing together? That's a great question. Previous to this, I actually had, and by the way, you're seeing the new website that I just launched two days ago. So it was really good timing for this, actually. Prior to this, it had stock images and a lot of text. It just, it wasn't as clean. But yeah, I actually previously, in 2015, I started a, right after college, a create your own jewelry, like a handmade business. And I sold on Shopify. So I knew how to use Shopify. I've been using it since around that time, maybe even a year prior, just kind of messing around. And then I finally dove into it. But so I have been messing with websites and like specifically e-commerce for quite a while. So that definitely helped. I, I enjoy like messing with the themes and I I keep it pretty basic. I'm definitely not someone who can get into coding behind the scenes and making serious edits. But when it comes to the simple stuff, I can put stuff into a template and create the website that way. You moved quickly to online. I, I feel like from from people that I've talked to through eForAll and just either local product makers that, especially teas or or I don't know, this might not be, I might, I might be putting you in the wrong category, but just like food category in general, I feel like a lot of people move to doing things more like pop-up shops or farmer's markets or mm-hmm. trying to get distributed in a local coffee slash tea shop. Is that also an effort or did you say, you know what? No, I think I'm going to go direct online. I can package this stuff up. I can sell directly through e-commerce and I don't have to worry about creating those types of relationships or do you just pursue both? And right now online is is the consumer facing uh, market. For the second part of the answer, that is correct. Currently it is now both online and in a coffee shop. So actually I didn't start online. I originally started doing like there was different pop-ups at like yoga studios that I would do. I only did two events that were like farmer market style. And I do like events. It just takes so much out of you. So I, I started <laughs> yeah. with Love Alita. That's that's the handmade jewelry. And I do still sell it. It still has a live website and I still get or- orders, but I don't do any in, in-person sales anymore like I used to, unless it's kind of like impromptu. But so I actually originally started doing the little mini pop-up shop things. Nothing as serious as like the, what is that main farmer's market with three letters? SW? Yes, the SOAM, four letters, sorry. (laughs) So I haven't done anything like that. But so I started out with very small yoga studio pop-up style. And then I, do you know Duke's Bakery in Fall River? Okay, great. So I love Duke's Bakery. I actually have a cold Joe right to the left of me right now. (gasps) You do? What flavor (laughs) did you get? This is pumpkin. Oh, nice. Very nice. I have one on the board that's a hazelnut and vanilla and chocolate. I think, yeah, it's like a whole mix of things. But So I love Duke's Bakery. They are amazing. Their mission is amazing. What they provide to the community is amazing. And so I had started selling originally when it was called Rua. I originally started selling it at Duke's Bakery. And they kind of really like they were so supportive and 
they were like the first, when you have that like first customer, like they were my first client that I got to see results from like people purchasing the tea and them being like, Hey, we need more of the chill pill. And that really like kind of turned on a switch to be like, Oh my goodness. And that's actually when I signed up for eFrol. So I was already in Dukes at the time. And I realized I, I definitely needed support to take it to the next level. Cause I didn't even know where to start. And so really it was that relationship with Duke's Bakery that got me here. And they were originally next door in Dartmouth, next to the studio that I work at for Yoga Ritual Sweat Society. And I would just like pop in there and see how many teas they needed. And it was just such a cool, like fun experience. And now they're only in Fall River. So Mm -hmm. I make the trip up there now. But yeah, so then from there, I created the online website. And I kind of only really recently started to sell to consumers directly. Anyone listening to this in the year 2020 knows on, <laughs> on what this has been like, right? In person. I mean, of course, uh, uh, yoga, like do, just going to do yoga, right? There's all kinds of restrictions. There's limitations. I mean, it was only just a few, feels like just a few months ago that people could actually resume uh, mm-hmm. in-person workout stuff. So mm-hmm. lots of restrictions, lots of tough situations for small business owners to go through. But is the plan now moving forward to ramp up your marketing, your social media interaction to get the consumer brand going? Or will you sort of just double down on on partnerships and things like that for distribution? I think that is kind of my internal question to myself as well. Sure. Where, <laughs> So that's a great question. I do really want to build a strong con- direct-to-consumer B2C, but mm-hmm. I also mainly because the workload is less with B2B for me, just because the, the individualized packaging for direct-to-consumer is a lot more work in general, just the labor, not even including the the cost and stuff. And I, I love the idea that someone can order the tea and have it prepared for them because Dukes knows how to prepare herbal athlete tea. Not that it's it's hard, but I think I always, whenever my friends make it, everything, it's you have to make sure you squeeze the tea bag against the side of the mug. I'm such right. a stickler for it because <laughs> it just like opens up the herbs so differently. And so I do, I love the relationships that I've been building with. Duke's Bakery is really like my main client. And I just love that they know exactly how to prepare it. But then B2C, business to customer and consumer, whatever. I use the acronyms. I don't even know if I know fully (laughs) what it means, but I I digress. So I obviously have instructions on brewing times and how to do it. It's just, I think because tea is such a ceremonial thing that I I personally want to get in more in-person places. I want to get into the tea shops in Providence. I really want to get into Plant City. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I would love to have Herbal Athlete at Plant City. I just think it's like they are on brand. If a client is on brand, they are so on brand. So I do want to go in that direction, but I also would love to have people be able to have tea at their house that they can easily learn how to make it is it is kind of a process for someone who is not a tea drinker you have to boil the water you pour the water over the herbs and then you wait for it to brew um, or steep but it is it's such a like a little mini magical experience in your own house so both are so sacred and beautiful in their own so I don't necessarily have one that I enjoy more than the other but I feel like I can 
control the quality at a restaurant more, if that makes sense. The quality of preparing the tea, not obviously the quality of the tea is controlled by me at, at the base, but you know, the way it's prepared and I don't know. Have you found any, I'm sure you have, but uh, curious your take on it. So uh, how you position what I'll call a, a higher value item or higher value product or a higher price product. I mean, it's not, you're not buying K cups here, right? You're, right. You're, you're buying something that maybe you've either grown locally, you've you've packaged it together, maybe yourself and uh, whoever else helps you out mm-hmm. to do all this stuff. Like you said, packaging, education. Mm-hmm. How do you frame that, and how do you find yourself competing in a space that is dominated by <laughs> caffeine, Dunkin' Donuts? Right. Like, is this like a thing or Red Bull? Right? When you look at athletes mm-hmm. that just are like, hey, I need a quick shot of energy to do XYZ or these pre-workout mixes that are powders and and et cetera, et cetera. Like, how do you find yourself competing in the space that just seems so dominated and with so much noise in it by these quick hit type products? Yeah, that's a fabulous question. I think it requires a perspective, like a paradigm shift. And that is where, when you talk about marketing, kind of from your last question, that's really where my focus has been in building a new campaign is to show the difference of this type of product being herbal athlete versus a GNC or or some type of generic, or maybe not generic, but a, a processed piece of, I guess, energy that you would buy and put into your body, but it's not building any building blocks inside your own. So I guess to, to kind of combat that misconception that they are in comparison is really where it has to start because the difference is like growing your own vegetables and then going to the store and buying like crackers as (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's, that's a, not very good comparison, yeah, but Chex Mix. Yeah, yeah. Like thinking that that like, be, that's a great example because Chex Mix has the um, added vitamins, right? So that one you can at least see what you think you're buying, but then how it really affects your body versus the vegetables that you're going to take out of your garden that don't right. have anything written on them. Uh, I, the challenge being, uh, I guess, with a lot of this stuff is people are people. I think the dominance, and maybe this is getting like way too inside baseball, maybe even for your industry, but I think the dominance of of coffee, mm. uh, let's just use coffee because I, I mean, I'm a huge coffee drinker mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it's just, it's it's a habit, right? It's a routine. And I think that's where places like Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks is because they literally place themselves in very convenient locations mm-hmm. everywhere. And it's sold as that quick thing, and it becomes this this just this routine and this habit that you just fall into. So it just is like, oh, I I have to go get my coffee. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to right. go get that coffee, but you wake up and you're conditioned to it. So then I think, therefore, people when they think tea or maybe just a, a routine that they have to break, mm-hmm. it becomes a pretty much of a difficult challenge for people, right? To just separate themselves from that routine of just buying a coffee of caffeine, instant gratification, right? And I think that is that is the struggle. 
there's no real question here. It's like a soapbox moment for me to just like, yeah, you're addicted to coffee and you should probably switch to something like a tea, right? And maybe that's what you should do is you should have like a 12 steps to, (laughs) yeah, like a 12 steps to coffee addiction, right? And that's how you get these people in. Uh, Writing that down. Yeah. It's just like here for $67, you buy my 12 step program. We'll send you all the teas you need to break that coffee habit. 67 Um, is like that number too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the, the, the magical seven at the end. Yes, oh, it's, che- yes. it's cheaper than a nine. Yeah. Um, what are the next steps that you're doing on social? I mean, p- before we hit record, you you said that you are doing a podcast for something totally different, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But has that crossed your mind to start doing podcasts in more rich multimedia for content and marketing for this brand? Ooh, not, no. I mean, I've brought it up on our last podcast, but it was mainly just to thank all the people that came together to make the photo shoot happen. And everything that you're seeing on the website is all, all the photos anyway, obviously not like the products, but we're all taken by a local photographer, Lucas Dexter, and all the makeup was done by Sarah Penna. She's the makeup artist in New Bedford. So that's really all I mentioned was all the people that came together. It was such a community effort. And then kind of just the launch of the website, I just wanted to give my thanks and my gratitude. But that is such a good point to use a platform like that to share really what the mission of Herbal Athlete is. And kind of going back to the coffee thing, it's so interesting because I'm a coffee drinker. I love coffee. Okay. But yeah, yeah. No, it's so this is the common misconception across the board. You do not have to choose. But if you're a coffee drinker to the point where you're drinking, say, three cups a day, then it might be important to not just add tea, but to supplement those other two cups with tea. So ideally, it's like if you're a coffee drinker, which I am, I have a cup of coffee. It's not always first thing in the morning. It might be later on around 10, just again, like you're saying, a routine. It's just my routine. I make coffee at home, except I have gone to the nook the past few weeks, like once a week to get that hive mind. It's espresso with honey and cinnamon and they're right in Fairhaven and it is delicious. So I'm usually like a special coffee drinker like that. But anyway, so what coffee does is it it makes your adrenals, your adrenal glands exhausted because you're constantly, imagine like if you think of your body as your best friend or whatever, you think of it outside of yourself for a second and then you're just feeding it coffee. It like has this crazy burst inside where like all this energy is happening and then it dies down and then you do it again and then you might even do it again all in one day. So think about how much that is affecting your body and you might get a symptom of like the jitters or something or you might your, your mind might get a little like zoomed up right when you drink it and then maybe it starts to like fade and that's when you know that you need another cup but on the inside a lot of other things are happening and the adrenals are what's taking the the brunt of it so what i always suggest and mainly because i did it for myself as well because i got into this phase about even a year ago where i was just drinking way too much coffee probably more coffee during the day than water this was when i was drinking i mean when i was teaching a lot of yoga you say that like it's a surprise to the rest of us i know <laughs> I was just like that's all i drink is coffee i'm i'm slowly pouring my cold joe onto the floor as you're talking <laughs> shrinking into my seat <laughs> cold joes are delicious those espresso ice cubes what yeah that's so funny And I just snorted. So I don't know if that should be edited out, but it's okay (laughs) if it's not. It's okay. It's just who I am. So 
With the coffee, when your adrenal glands start to get exhausted, it's really important that you start feeding them what what you need, like what needs to to bring them back to life, or else you'll have instances where you can't have a full sleep as as well, you can't concentrate, you feel fatigue. A lot can come from adrenal fatigue. And that's kind of usually when people start to get sick, their immunity goes down. And not that coffee is necessarily the problem that is creating all of that, but it definitely does not help. And it definitely has been shown to create adrenal fatigue when you overuse it as your, your constant way to get an increase of energy. So a way to combat that would be something like the chill pill, which is what I would say is probably our uh, most popular tea at Herbal Athlete. And it has a an herb called ashwagandha. And ashwagandha is, to most people now, they probably are aware of it. It's kind of had a buzzword for like the last two or three years. I used to take it in supplement form in college because I would just get really stressed out. And I mean, I was drinking coffee then, but it was probably just honestly from my studies and staying up late and then partying on the weekends and all the things that go into college. So I was getting exhausted. I was getting sick all the time. So I started using ashwagandha. And not only does it help with adrenal fatigue, but it also helps to keep your inflammation down. I actually just recently was talking to someone who is a bodybuilder and they use ashwagandha before their competitions because it reduces inflammation so much. I mean, they they overtake it. Like technically, they they take more than you would be suggested to take, but it's for a short amount of time and it's for a purpose. It's so that they can look as lean as they can for their body competition. But just the fact that she mentioned that, I was like, oh, wow. So I guess it really does have like really strong effects. I mean, I notice it, but just to hear someone else say it and that they use it in that way and that they're told to by their coaches was pretty cool. So by supplementing with a tea, say at night, like chill pill, you can drink any time of the day. There's no caffeine in it. That's what also makes it a great supplement. But if you take that at night and you take a nice, you know, hot cup of tea and you make that a regular ritual where every night you take your tea, like the chill pill that has ashwagandha, it helps to bring your adrenal glands back into homeostasis. So your body's not constantly panicking about what it needs to ramp up to do. It's not constantly on edge like, oh my gosh, am I going to be told right now that I need to get more energy? Am I going to be supplemented with something like coffee to change everything? It's just a way to kind of bring your body back into balance and offset the negative effects that coffee can bring to your body when you over drink it. And this is exactly why you need to have a podcast for the You're <laughs> for right. Herbal Athlete You're brand, so right? right. To be able mm-hmm. to inform people and educate people. No, that's that's fantastic uh, information. And like you said, uh, I often talk to uh, Laura Harrington from Boutique Fitness. And when we used to be able to go out and have you know networking events we would all go to like the same networking events and they'd have like pizzas out and i'd be like stuffing my face with a slice of pizza then i'd see like lara coming and throw the pizza across the room <laughs> like i'm not touching any of this stuff right <laughs> something like you said is like you don't have to choose you can you can supplement which i think is a great way uh, for folks to wean themselves off and with 2021 coming right a lot of new mm-hmm. year's resolutions so why not make that a resolution and start to supplement your coffee instead of just uh, only drinking caffeine all day. Right. Like, like some of us do. Yeah. Uh, it's a great idea. You know, you, met, you mentioned going into 
uh, sort of the Providence market that might be uh, an aspiration or a milestone for the business? Is there anything, oftentimes I like to talk about anything unique that you've seen or that guests have seen in the in the South Coast, doing business on the South Coast, whether it's finding real estate, finding customers, building the brand. Has there been anything like unique or challenging or just different that you have been enlightened to doing business on the South Coast, whether it's New Bedford, Fall River, et cetera? That's a very cool and interesting question. I don't necessarily know if I've seen anything unique only because I don't know what to compare it to. So I don't really have a comparison line, though what I have found is that especially in New Bedford, because I really haven't gotten to the Providence market, but especially in New Bedford, everyone is so community driven that it's like any way that you can collaborate with someone as long as you two both believe in each other's businesses, meaning like you only want to do business with somebody that you respect their business and and the way they run it and what they're doing for the community. And I've just found that everyone just has such an open mind and open arms to really just hear you out, to know, just to want to learn more about what you're trying to bring to the world and, and what your mission and purpose is to create this business. And also how you can collaborate with these other businesses. It's very accessible. Yeah, I don't know. And and I feel like a lot of the business that is around here is not chains. And again, maybe that's just my bias for only really seeing those who are small businesses. But I've just found it to be very, I don't know, very open and like there are opportunities all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with the the initiative when E4All came in to really be... A, a, I guess I want to say a cheerleader for entrepreneurship and, and not that not to take away from what either even local governments have done uh, mm-hmm. for uh, economic development and stuff like that. Uh, but it certainly put the excitement into building businesses with that brought education in around it. Like it's it's not just like making your product and people will come buy it. Right. right. It's this whole 90 day accelerator that you get into and that I mentor at and, and teach classes at. So it, it brought a lot of that to light. And now there's a ton of other uh, initiatives coming in to uh, the area. I know there's one called SourceLink. There's another one called E4Ever, which is like an extension yes, yeah. uh, of E4All. So it's definitely with a lot of the wind sucked out of the 2020 sales. It's, mm-hmm. it's been an exciting time uh, minus the lockdown and, and pandemic and all that fun stuff. But hopefully 2021 starts to redirect course with that. And a lot of people are still standing, you know, strong in their businesses. So, uh, and like you said, like, I, I think that while there's still a lot of work to be done, especially across like city borders and town borders, Fall River, New Bedford, New Bedford, Westport, those types of crossovers, uh, Fairhaven, Fall River, Somerset. There's, mm-hmm. we're not a huge, there's not a lot of people around here. Let's face it. This is what I say all the time. It's like, what do we have? Like four, three, 400,000 people maybe across the South Coast. It's, it's, it's not Boston. Right. right. And, and, and we all have to just work together. Like if, if people want to leverage the power of saying I'm on the South coast, well, we all got to start to work together. So, so that the whole South coast initiative continues to move forward or else it'll always be like these pockets of, of towns and cities 
And uh, it's not what we want. I mean, that's the whole premise of the right. show. We are here. It's to put people on the map <laughs> to say that the South Coast is here. That's the, the whole premise of the show. So no, but it's, it's an awesome story. And I love what you're doing. I love the brand. I love the website. A lot of people still chipping away at getting their stuff off the ground. So it's great to see that that you do have uh, a leg up, even though you said it's only been a couple of days. It's still, hey, it's, <laughs> you're here and you're, and you're making it happen. So where can folks find you? Uh, pitch, pitch any events you'll be at or your website or anything, social media sites, anything you want the folks to know to say thanks. Sure. Awesome. Thank you. And I also love what South Coast FM is doing. That is really cool. Bringing all these. I appreciate it. Yeah. Just bringing everything together to make it more of a, a power source. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, so everyone can find Herbal Athlete online at herbalathleteusa.com, as well as we have an Instagram at, or the, I guess obviously you would do that for Instagram, the at symbol, and then Herbal Athlete. And also, we are sold at Duke's Bakery, which is in Fall River. It's right near Duval Street. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any upcoming events. We will be doing, but it's the date has not been set. We will be doing a virtual tea party, which I'm excited about. So that will be in 2021. And when that's launched, I will make sure that it's updated on our newsletter. So if you want to know about that, you can sign up for the newsletter at herbalathleteusa.com. And then, of course, I'll be posting it on the Instagram. Nice. And I, I tease the fact that you did have a, that you do have a podcast and the name of the podcast and where can it be found? Oh, sure. Thank you. <laughs> so we just began. It's my friend Janine Hunt and I. It is called Common Crown, C-O-M-M-O-N and then crown, like what you put on your head if, if you wear one. And then that can be found at Podcast City by Mike Heron. It's out of Fall River. We will be having our own website as well as Hopefully, when it makes sense, we will be adding it to different podcast platforms. Currently, we have just had two episodes, but you can find them on Facebook. Nice. Everyone else, South Coast.fm, South Coast.fm slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. Get on the Sunday Notes email newsletter and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Really helps us get found. Uh, and go check out all of the fun episodes we have up on the site. I think this is going to be episode, I want to say 30, but don't quote me on that. I don't know. I don't know my own episode <laughs> count number. I think this is either 29 or, or 30. Uh, so there's tons of stories there to listen to. All right. We'll see you in the next episode.